My name is Clay Smelter, and you're listening to Everyday Leaders 50 and 50. This is Everyday Leaders. I'm your host, Melanie Ake. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today's guest will share the disciplines that he's practicing every day that is allowing him to achieve a life of success. Today's Everyday Leader grew up with challenges of undiagnosed dyslexia which created limiting beliefs about his own life. This made his life difficult up until the point that he developed strategies to empower his life. As a teacher, a coach, and an entrepreneur, he is a role model of inspiration. These leadership lessons are ones that you too can apply every day to live your life with success. Clayton Smeltzer, owner at Otter Creek Inspiration is my guest today. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, show 11 of 2019, starts now. Welcome to the program, Clayton Smeltzer. I am so excited that you are on Everyday Leaders 50 and 50. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm super appreciative to be here and uh, just to be able to uh, kind of share my story and help other people uh, own themselves and uh, love their story. Love their story. I'm telling you, that's what it's all about. I've learned so much in the past few years in growing myself in in so many ways, personally and professionally. And part of that is learning your own story and owning it and being able to kind of live and step into that. And so I connected to you through LinkedIn, through other people and groups. And, and I thought, man, you are somebody that I really want to bring on and highlight what you're doing, the steps that you've taken, the challenges that you've had in your life to be able to accomplish the things that you are today. So thanks for coming on. And I wanted people to understand a little bit. You live in Pennsylvania right now, correct? Yes. Yep. In your Pennsylvania, it's uh, like right in the middle of the state, down at the bottom. Down at the bottom. <laughs> so people in the Midwest, you know, if you're going over to New York, <laughs> you may pass it mm-hmm. if you look south. <laughs> Across... yes, that's, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, Clayton, your story is important because you, you are um, an inspirational person. You, your company is Otter Creek Inspiration. And I would lo- I love to know... How did you come up with the name of your company and kind of what the purpose of your company is? Okay. Um, well, I came up with the name uh, because uh, it, I, I grew up in the country. So uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a country boy at heart. And uh, just uh, I, it all started uh, there in the woods. And the woods that I grew up in, they surrounded uh, a branch of Otter Creek, um, which is one of the main branches uh, that's coming into the Susquehanna River. Um, where I grew up in uh, a place called the Brogue. And um, in there, I just, you know, that's where my story started. Uh, I was born and raised in the Brogue. Um, I was a younger brother. Uh, so trying to fit in in the woods with my younger brother and all his friends were his age. So trying to fit into the club there. I don't know if I ever made it, but uh, I, I might have. I gave it a good shot. Um, <laughs> but just all the things that I learned playing in the woods and growing up in that environment, growing up with the family that I had and that strong dad and a strong mom um that really was just for me where it all started so i wanted to really keep the roots of everything i wanted to keep a lot of things that i do natural um and just uh, and just real because for me that that's kind of who i am i'm just real 
uh, I am who I am, uh, and I'm always getting better. And uh, that, that's where I always want to be in, in real. So Otter Creek came from there. Um, what we're about is, is really just inspiring people to own themselves, uh, to love their story, to go out and live a life that they want and deserve to live, and just really take on life. And, and I believe that every single day we wake up, we have another opportunity to write a page of our story. And we should be excited about that. And we should be just going after it instead of like I used to be, it's just like floating through. So my purpose is, is with Otter Creek is to give an outlet uh, for people to grow, for people to change, do those things and learn. So, but just inspire other people through um, my writing, through uh, videos, through influence on social media. Um, I also do woodwork and I, and I take, uh, old barn wood and old wood and things like that. And I give it a new story. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that's kind of something I enjoy doing. That's a little bit of side piece, but, uh, I enjoy doing it. And, uh, it just, I love the, the smile on people's face when they pick up a piece or, or purchase a piece and they're like, wow, this is, this is cool. I love how you so. said, give it a new story, right? It's kind of the repurposing yep. age of everything else, but it's true. We can do that in our lives, right? We can start Correct from where we are and understand where'd we come from, right? What was that maple tree or that pine tree or what, what was it originally? And then how did it become, right? How did it grow into? I love that. Um, and, and you said something okay. about writing articles. So I want to touch on that real quick because I read mm-hmm. one of your articles that kind of touched me. And I'll tell you about the connection here. So you okay. had written um, about when we're in school and we sometimes, mm-hmm. it's uh, called Seriously Don't Call on Me to Read. And I, I loved it because I could see myself going through the same scenario as you talked about reading the eye chart and having to read it several times because you couldn't see it because you were dyslexic. Yeah. And my story is similar in that I couldn't see either. My eyes were so bad. But what I did is I watched and I modeled other people in front of me and and our mm-hmm. Our school always, you know, as you lined up and you were down the hallway and you, and you just listened to people, right? And they always said, yeah. read line eight on the, on the eye chart. And so I was like, oh my gosh, what if I can't see it? What if I can't see it? And so when I got up, I couldn't see it, but I did remember D-E-F-P-O-T-E-C. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know that. I've done that too. And, and you know, and so because it was embarrassing that you couldn't see it mm-hmm. and you didn't want to look like you didn't fit in at that age. And so as you right. talked about this story and like you couldn't do it and all these times I thought, oh my gosh, that, that rings so true, this story, mm-hmm. uh, because you do at that age kind of go, oh my gosh, I don't fit in and what's wrong with me, right? <laughs> until yeah. until you kind of figure things out. But I think that's so important because you connect to people really authentically. You know, sharing that little quip of a story, I'm sure connects to so many of us as we were in school and, and thinking about those challenges that we had and how we were going to face those. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. yeah. what, um, as you wrote that story, uh, you know, Talk to me about your fears as a kid. I can tell you about mine, but I want to hear about, you know, the fears of being diagnosed with dyslexia. And did you really understand um, those challenges that were going to be ahead of you? Yeah. uh, Well, first of all, I want to thank you for saying uh, one of the things that I I want to write, I want to talk, I want to speak is I want anybody, no matter through any of the content that I put out, 
I want people to know who I am. So when I get face to face with them or, or talk with them on the phone or anything, like I want to be authentic. I want that person to be the same person. So I want to first thank you for stating that. And, and I, I really appreciate that because it, it kind of just reminds me like, Hey, like I'm doing the right stuff and being authentic. So mm-hmm. thank you for that. You're welcome. And then, um, well, on that topic, you know, like I didn't know I had it till ninth grade. So, um, I'd always sit in the class and, and, and just be like, people would say, here's what's going on. And I'm sitting there going, what? Like, that is not what I read. And I'm like, okay. So I just kind of played it off and was like, man, whatever, you know, I'll just get through it. I'll figure out a way how to answer the questions or do this or do that or get a good grade. Cause I didn't want to get bad grades, but I figured out a way how to get around that and kind of work a little smarter than try to like, you know, get in there and not know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of skimmed and stuff like that and kind of just put it. And then and I get the seventh and eighth grade and I just kind of got really good at sleeping while it looked like I was reading because that was really tough that time. Like you were talking about is, is there times where you don't want to like stand out of being different and, but you want to fit in and, and just a super hard age. And then, um, you know, when I really found out that I had this, I was like, for me, the mentality, um, of an athlete. And that's, that's kind of where I bring a lot of stuff back to is like, okay, here's my challenge. Here's what it is. Let's go figure out how to, how to overcome it. Mm -hmm. And so right away I just started, I didn't really get any help from anything in school and stuff like that. I just really took it on myself and said, all right, well, if I know I'm doing this, what can I do so that I don't skip lines? And that, that was my problem with reading is that I'll skip every other line. So basically, if you read a paragraph, I'm reading half of it, and it's all jumbled. Mm-hmm. So I just started with taking a piece of paper and putting it on a line and then go to the next line and then go down to the next line and so forth. So I just started to develop that, and then that led into getting fading out that piece of paper as I started training my brain in order to work prop- properly because dyslexia is the connection between your eyes and the brain. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that starts I start flipping stuff. It just, it'll just snowball into this big thing. Like, uh, like Dr. Seuss and me don't get along because it's totally, I just can't read it. Um, You're like, it doesn't rhyme. <laughs> no, it, it, to me, I'm like, I don't even know what that word says. Um, and that, that's where, uh, and then I had to look at, well, where do I really start flipping? I don't really flip in numbers. Uh, I'm a seventh grade math teacher as well. So I don't really mess up numbers. I do sometimes, but, for me, it was alliteration. Like they, you know, like uh, Peter Piper picked this. I can say that out loud, but if I read it, everything starts to get jumbled. Mm-hmm. So then, when I look at a word like "the" or "was," and I'm like, I have no idea what that's saying. It's like B W N. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. So it just looks like this jumbled pile of mess. So what I had to do is find a way in order for me to be able to like stop that connection. So for me, how to overcome dyslexia, whether I'm talking or whether I'm reading or skipping lines, all I do is shut my eyes. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I shut my eyes, it's about, for me, it's about, let's train myself to get down to about 10, 15 seconds. I'll feel my eyes readjust and basically my brain reset. Wow. Then I open my eyes and then I can keep going. So uh, something that, and, and for me, the mentality behind it is <clears throat> I had to find a way because it wasn't going away. So I had to own it. And then I had to figure out a way how it's not going to hinder me from being successful. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times, like people, they take, it's two scenarios. One, I can do, use it for good, or I can 
basically make an excuse out of it. And I just decided to use it for good and, and overcome it instead of that. So I had to develop something that was going to work for me. And, and really, it was a simple solution. Close my eyes and wait 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. But figuring out and going through that stuff and not having that, being, not having that, oh, well, this is happening to me. I don't know why and all that stuff is, no, I just need to go figure it out. Well, and now you're a math teacher. You know, you're, you yeah. have your education degree. You have your master's in education. Mm-hmm. You're a coach. You know, there's so many things mm-hmm. that this helped you, kind of the things that were happening in your life helped set you up for success because you decided Correct. to kind of own whatever those challenges were and take ownership of them and Correct. really learn how to live through that. And and so I we connected a little bit on uh, before this program, and we were talking about a book that I am really passionate about as well, um, because I'm a John Maxwell certified coach and trainer. And um, but the book is Failing Forward. And so sure. as you start kind of talking about your story, there are so many things that I can think about referencing in that book of you know never giving up and don't believing that what you're doing today is is going to be your story. You know, it's just the beginning. And so it really connects to what you've experienced in your life. And so, and I hope this is okay, just bridging into how you got connected to the book Failing Forward. Um, really? Well, uh, at that part, I was, I was part of a business team then. <clears throat> so you had like a, um, a book, like a book of the month. And um, that ended up being the book of the month for that month. And um, I know a little bit before then, I'm, I hated reading just because of my dyslexia. Mm-hmm. So my mentor at that point in time was like, hey, for you to get better personally, business-wise, you need to read. And I, as, as you know, me trying to not deal with reading, I was like, well, I hate reading. He's like, well, I don't care if you like don't like reading. You need to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. So I started to read. And then by the time I got the Maxwell book, I was really in into actually reading because I started reading and I got better. Mm-hmm. So I saw results because I was intentionally reading to get something out of it. Mm-hmm. So for the Failing Forward book, it was, I, I don't know what it is or, or how it came about, but this book was placed in front of me at a perfect time in my life. Uh, I got that book probably a week before uh, my first wife sat me down on a red couch and with 14 words changed the course of my life for me and my daughter. Uh, and basically she said, I love you, but I'm not in love with you and I'm leaving you. And that totally changed my entire life. And it, it was, and then a divorce followed after that financial stuff, you know, all those different things that come along with all of that. But that book, I got a week before that. And I don't know how it happened. I don't know why it came up, but, Somehow, some of the you know divine intervention came in and said, "Hey, you need this." Mm-hmm. And um, I started reading it um, during that time. Um, and there was times where you know, co- of course, you know, I was upset, hurt, uh, and everything like that. And there's times where I tucked my tail in the corner and cried. Uh, but there's also times that that book allowed me to look at, "Hey, yes, this did fail." But instead of looking at it as a failure as a negative. I can look at it as a failure and turn into a success. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I tell my students, I tell my kids, I tell myself, you know, failure, you never fail unless you allow yourself to fail and mm-hmm. don't learn from it. Mm-hmm. So for me, failure 
never occurs because I'm always looking to learn. Yeah, I might make mistakes. I might fail at some task, but because I learned from it and readjusted and reflected on it, got better, it now is a success. And I think that's one of the biggest things I got out of failing forward. Um, and I've passed that book on to a ton of other people just, just going through something that's hard um, and not knowing and feeling like, hey, you know, my mistakes or my things that I've done in my life that I don't like that I've done, they're not a failure as long as you learn from them. They're mm-hmm. only a failure when you keep them in that space of saying, hey, this is bad, it's negative, and I'm ashamed of it or whatever it may be. But owning that piece is super important for you to be able to move forward because staying in failure moves you back and decays your mind. Mm-hmm. That's just never a good place to be. And it just it sets you up for you know, the, that negative self-belief and that self-talk. And, and, oh, yeah. and so when I think about, you know, your story and, and how, you know, as a kid, you get labeled, you know, that you can't do this or, you know, this, mm-hmm. the people that are surrounding you are kind of like, oh, you won't be able to join that group because you're, you're capable, right? And so it yeah. starts to yeah. label you and you really start to, and I think about kids today that, you know, have all of these things, you know, aut- autism, and mm-hmm. maybe, right, maybe that is something that is caused by some other factors that we don't know about. But it's really tough because, you know, people want to put a label on why is this person different? Why can't they achieve, you know, the the normal results of what our society mm-hmm. puts on them? And it's maybe not really unormal. <laughs> it's just how they yeah. operate, right? And so, We've, yeah, we've it's cate- how they are. It's, we've categorized all these, this population, I think, and I think about it of autism because it's so aggressive today. You know, it's like our yeah. kids are diagnosed with autism. And, and so there's a level of, they have such a high intelligence, you know, that, and so, but, but some people have categorized it as a learning disability where it's really a higher focus learning. Oh, yeah. And, and mm-hmm. so it's just really interesting how our culture has designed these labels and um and so i love to kind of talk through that because we have so much to give in our inner selves and all of those strengths if we use our strengths to our capacity and learn you know that maybe the way other people see us isn't really the true thing about us but we have to use those strengths to move through it and really find that, that purpose and, and so, you know, that's what this program is about. But I love your story because it really speaks to that. And don't put yourself in a box if you get a label, right? <laughs> move, oh, yeah, absolutely. Move yeah, all the can. way through it. And, and so here you are a teacher and you're inspiring others now and coaching and, um, and have had, you know, learning through your marriage and your family, uh, all the things that you have been able to do to kind of push that forward and create success in your life. Oh yeah. I, I mean, yeah, that's, so the, the labels, I think society puts labels on stuff that they don't understand. Right. And a lot of times, uh, well, I'm trying to think about this through here before I say, but I think a lot of times it's an ego driven label. You know, we don't understand something. So we want to first like jump out, with our egos and emotionally react to this piece and say, Oh, well, this is this, or this is this, or this is this, but you really don't understand it. One, cause you're not in it. Mm-hmm. And two, because you haven't taken the time to try to be open and understanding of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of times people 
so closed off to anything that is new or anything that is different from their thinking. And I think that's why there's a lot of tension in our country and stuff like that, because people just aren't open to understanding like your point of view. They're just like, no, mine is here. and This is what it is. But that's not really communicating. That's not building anything. That's, that's just trying to cause divide between people. It's, and, and for me, like, I have my views and my views are, views are strong and, and, and because I've been through this stuff and, and I've built myself to a place. But that doesn't mean I'm not open enough to hearing somebody else's side. I may not agree. I may not um, like it, but I can be understanding of that person, who they are, how they are, and really appreciate that they are that strong. They're just like me and that strong in their beliefs and, and viewpoints. And keeping that, but we can have a great conversation together and learn something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think with labels, people are just so closed also because they don't know and it's scary. It you is know, that scary. Pain. Yeah. And it does put you on the defensive if you haven't surrounded yourself with people that are open to those kinds of conversations, right? And you only know a certain way. And, and it's all about Correct. influence. You know, I, I've learned a long time ago that this whole concept of leadership is about influence. And so who you surround yep. yourself with is critical to how you actually can move through something and change. So I want to know who were your influencers as you were going through to help you really understand how to identify your own sense of value? Uh, or ooh, there's a lot. And it's changed over the years. And that, that's the thing, like growing up, it was my mom and dad. Um, as I went into high school and really chasing after a dream of making the majors, uh, it was Pudge Rodriguez and, uh, Frank Thomas, uh, Emmett Smith. Um, as I moved into, um, my twenties and really had struggled with anxiety and stuff like that. And got part of the business team, it was guys in the business team, um, who were leaders and they weren't leaders just because they opened their mouth and said words. They were leaders because they actually went out and did, um, and people don't care what you know until they know that you care. That's one of my favorite basketball quotes. <laughs> it's one of my and favorites too. These, pe- these people care. Yeah. And, you know, I still I still remember being in the gym at Gaylor National Hotel and one of the, I mean, the, the guy who, who walked over and handed me his iPod and said, hey, I was listening to this and I thought of you. And, and I was going through my first divorce there. Uh, I felt at that point in time, I felt like, you know, I was coming out about was learning stuff. I was really into personal growth. I was like, I, I put this mission on of, I will get better. I will move forward. I will succeed. But at the same time, I was sitting there going, why does this stuff keep happening to me? Why does this stuff keep, like, I broke my thumb and lost my dream uh, of being a catcher in the majors. Like, this happened. This happened. Now, my, basically, you know, my, my wife just got, kind of got up and quit. And I'm like, why does this stuff keep happening to me? Mm-hmm. So I was at that point, but he walked over and this guy was like, he's the top of the top in, in what he does. And he's known around the world, but just for him to walk over in a crowded gym on like the middle of the day while he's working out and hand me this iPod and say, Hey, I was thinking of you. Mm-hmm. Like that's when you know people care. Mm-hmm. And I, I cared what you do because I knew that he wasn't just boasting himself of, Hey, look at me. Uh, I have a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. It was, hey, I care about you, and I know you're hurting, and here's, here's what I have for you. I think this will help. And, I mean, that moment changed my life because I never looked at myself in the mirror like I did then. And I, I was 
really good. I'm getting into shoulder presses and I, I had 40 pounds weights on my shoulders and I played the song and, you know, the music came on and just the words, like I had that weight on, on my shoulders, that 40 pounds on both sides just felt like everything, all the hurt, all the pain, all the, all the stuff that I was going through at that point in time. And, and in a crowded a gym that was super small in a hotel gym, I'm sitting there 40 pounds on both shoulders staring at myself in the mirror and tears just running down my face. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've never, and, and that was a point in time where I said, you know what, if, if I'm going to go through something, why not me? Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that's where my mentality changed. So why me, why me, why me? You say, you know what, why not me? Mm-hmm. You know, if God's going to give me something, he's going to give it to me for a reason. And if I can go through it, I can help somebody else go through it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really the start there of why not me? If life's going to bring some stuff on, hey, bring it on. I, I can handle it. I got what it takes because it gives you stuff in order because you already know and can utilize those things, not for you to say, hey, can you do it or not, but because you know you can't do it. Mm-hmm. So That's so true. You know, and for me, that, that one time, you know, I think about, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. It's that one moment that changes mm-hmm. your perspective and gives you the confidence that you need to move through something. And then you look back and go, oh, yeah. if I had not experienced that one moment, my life may be different. I may not have taken that yep. step right then. And so, you know, that's what we're all about is trying to connect to people to say, hey, it's okay. You can take that step. You can get into that step. You can, you can reach out and, and find people that really do believe in you and believe in your purpose. And, and so, you know, it's neat. Um, to hear through kind of what you just experienced because so many people get stuck in having just a, a, a certain number of people that they trust, mm-hmm. you know, in their inner circle and they don't push themselves out to experience new groups or new thoughts or new ideas. And so they, it's hard for them to grow. You know, understanding what growth looks like is is really difficult for some yeah. people. And so oftentimes it's, just trying that one thing that you have some passion about to maybe learn from someone else in a very safe space where you can be vulnerable, you know, and to kind of step into something and, and be okay with, if you fail, it's going to be okay, right? You can step back and then readjust, reflect, mm-hmm. and then try it again. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think one of the key words you said there was vulnerable. You know, I think for that readjustment to occur, you got to be vulnerable. And I think that's where lots of times in my life, I tried to be the tough guy. And I, and one thing I'm passionate about is helping men. And I, I think there's in this, in our society in, in the U S uh, I think there's a big issue, you know, in that and, and men aren't living the lives that they, that their real purpose and finding it. And we're just kind of like, I was like, Oh, I'm a tough guy. I'm going to try to deal with all this stuff by myself. And then, and, I needed to learn and understand that I can't. And it, and it was about a year and a half ago where things are going great in my life, but I, 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 I freaked out and had a panic attack and my anxiety went through the roof when I was watching game of Thrones. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I mean, full blown panic attack, watching a, something that's not even real. Mm-hmm. And when the, the, the ice people or the ice zombies are running through the tree and I'm like, what is going on? And from there, you know, I, all the negativity started creeping into my life again. Mm-hmm. And I, I was getting anxiety over everything. And, but 
what I wasn't doing is I, I wasn't being vulnerable with myself. And I was thinking like, you know, I can handle all this. Like I can handle life by myself. I can do it all. I'm a tough guy. I'm a blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, like you gotta get real with yourself. And that's where the point in time in my life, 10 years after I looked in the mirror and said, why not me? And all the growth I went and all the personal stuff that I've gone through and learned from still, I'm like, dude, I gotta open up more. Like I gotta understand and own me that, I can't do this by myself. I need a team. You know, I need people behind me. I need that group and that organization that allows me or a group of people that are tight with me and that your core five or your core six or whatever it is that, you know, got my back and I can sit there and I can open up to it. And really my wife is the first person that I really started to tell I had anxiety and you know, I've had all my life, but she's the first person I actually said, Hey, listen, I'm feeling this way. And just to get that out there and be vulnerable and say, Hey, listen, like I I'm dealing with this. I, I don't like this. I don't, I don't. And at times it's eternally like, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And, and that was, that was hard for me to say because I'm a fixer mm-hmm. and it's in my blood. Like I want to fix stuff, but I couldn't even fix myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, man, I don't, I just, I was at a spot in my life where I'm like, I had to be vulnerable but I also had to let go of my ego and that macho man stuff and say, listen, man, I need to talk. Like I need to get it out there and I need to put myself out there and be vulnerable and be willing to be hurt so I can change. Mm-hmm. So what so, did you, what did you do first when you realized that, that moment? Where I had to be vulnerable? Yeah. Or, yeah, I, well, it was the whole thing. Like I, with my anxiety, like I, I got mad and I got mad at myself and it made it worse. And it really got to a point where, like, I mean, I was, like, getting anxiety, thinking about aliens were going to attack our planet, what happened and stuff. I'm like, just stuff. I'm like, what? Like, where does this even come from? So, you know, I'm trying to get ready for work. I don't have an anxiety attack over, you know, aliens are going to show up someday. I'm like, what? So just all these, like, whatever coming to my mind. And I'm like, dude, like, so I'm like, so for me, I'm getting mad at that. But I had to realize, like, why am I getting this anxiety? Why is it happening? And I didn't, at that point in time, I didn't understand why all this was occurring mm-hmm. until I started to put stuff in the, in the place of, uh, well, here's what I'll say. I started to realize that I wasn't grateful for just having a day. Like I wanted this, I wanted that. And things were going great in my life. We, I was getting married, we were getting married to, to my wife and, and we had, we bought a house. I went from staring down being bankrupt and homeless to, having an awesome house I never thought I would be able to have Mm -hmm. Uh, and getting out of that hole that I was in, you know, financially and everything else like that. And I'm like, so things are not great, but I'm like, why am I having this anxiety? And it was because I was internally, I wasn't growing. Mm -hmm. So I looked, I've narrowed it down to three things. It's getting your body right, getting your mind right, and getting your bonds with people right. Mm -hmm. And, so I think back, was it, was I taking care of my body? No, not at all. Like I was eating tasty cakes and cookies and I felt like it. Was I exercising? Nope. I wasn't doing any physically to work my body, which means when I don't, when my body feels bad, my brain doesn't work as well, mm-hmm. which means my anxiety levels are way up. My mind is negative. And, and that's what it was. Like I wasn't working my body. I wasn't working my bo- or my, my mind. And I wasn't communicating what I was actually feeling with the person who's most important in my life is my wife. So I'm trying to deal with this anxiety and these things all by myself. 
I'm out. And then not. so when you put yourself on an island, you can't expect to grow because there's nothing there. Yep. So that's what I'm like, man, I just, I got to just start putting stuff out and the way I feel, I just got to get it out there. I love and, that. It's so true. You know, keeping yourself isolated. That's a great point because so many of us work in environments today where if you get stuck and you're kind of feeling anxious, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's media coming at you or social media, you know, if you've got the TV on while you're working or, or you just have, you know, groups that you are in your career with that you, you feel anxious about. That is such a yeah. great lesson, Clayton. It just, you know, step out into a different zone and get yourself in the right mindset so that you can have that experience of growth, you know, because so many of us believe like we're just going through life and we don't have time. We know, oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what that investment's going to look like. And I've got so many other things on my plate and, and this is what my schedule is. And there's just, you know, there's not even five minutes to do that. And so I think being vulnerable and honest with yourself, like you talked about, is so important for people to just figure out, like, try it, right? Oh, yeah. Just try it one day. Set it on the calendar mm-hmm. and see how that might be able to change and influence your life in a better way. And I think that goes into, like, you, you got to start with that. You got to get the, I always tell people, I did it this morning. I was at the gym and one of my buddies was there and he said something. And I just moved him over. I said, hey, hey, George. I was like, come over here, come over here. And the, the gym's filled with mirrors all around. I said, listen, see that right there? I said, that's the great equalizer, man. Mm-hmm. And it was the mirror. And that's the dude, and that's the person, that's the woman. That's you got to get right with that person. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, none of your other stuff really matters. Like I said that when I was on with Chip Baker, I said, I said, uh, and, and I was on with um, Richard on Onward Men Podcast. I just I said, listen. I was like, all, I can set all the goals I want because that was a question about it. What were your goals? What are this? Well, I can set all of them once. I can have all this money. I can do all these things. But if I can't own the person in the mirror, none of it matters. Oh, I love that. Like none of it. I love that. That's awesome. And, and that's it. Go, oh, go ahead. No, it's just, it just hit, you know, you just kind of summed it all up. Because <laughs> that's what it's about. Um, that, yeah. that growth of de- development, but you know, there's so many people that, mm-hmm. that just, um, have, have struggles with that. So, yeah. oh, wow. I've learned so much from you today. I really, <laughs> I really appreciate you. I know we've gone over just a little bit than what we promised we were. Um, but, oh, that's okay. but I would love to stay connected to you, Clayton. I want to, um, understand how we can connect to you on social media. Uh, you're in York, Pennsylvania, but uh, what are mm-hmm. your what are your kind of wrap up words for us as a leadership lesson from one of your favorite quotes? Um, well, I think my my wrap up is, is to for everybody is that you got to get right with yourself first. Uh, I was challenged to go look in the mirror and tell myself I love me and mean it. And when I started doing that, I was able to really be honest with myself. And I think that's where everybody needs to get. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to look in the mirror. You got to be able to tell yourself, I love you. And then mean it. Not that joking stuff. We can all do that, but really mean it and look in your eyes. And once we're able to do that, we can definitely be honest with ourselves. We can look at owning our stuff, everything, the good and the bad, owning ourselves, and then being able to love our story so we can live a life that we want and deserve. And I think every single person, you got to understand that we're not given another day. 
And when you wake up, you, you were given, you have an opportunity to go write another page of your story. And we have to be excited about that. And I was not excited about that point in time in my life. And I am now because I'm thankful that I actually have that day. So I don't, I don't go waste it. I don't know if I'm going to get tomorrow, but I know I have today. And we got to be excited and we got to help other people get to that point where they're excited. And think about a world that we have a bunch of people or your job or your business or your family where you just wake up and everybody in that team is excited to be there and get something out of, the, out of that day and make something out of the day. That's what, that gives me, that fuels me. I want that to fuel other people um, and, just, and just spread that love around. Well, it's so awesome to be connected to you. And I just, I love your story. I'm so glad that you were uh, able to be a guest here on Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 for my uh, 2019 edition. And I hope if you have the ability, uh, we are scheduling the next Everyday Leaders Leadership Summit for 2020 on February the 29th, the one extra day in the year to invest in yourself, right? <laughs> so right. If, if you have the opportunity, I'll connect to you. Maybe you can come over uh, to the program. It would be wonderful to have you be a part of it. Yeah, that'd be great. That's, that's that'd be awesome. Yeah. So, so I appreciate I I appreciate being here and, and listening to you and hearing your story and, and, and the things that you went through. Um, just the connection with other people of like mindedness um, is what Maxwell always talks about, and I, I think that's awesome. It's powerful um, that we can do that and connect. It's powerful. So Clayton, thank you very much for coming on the program. Have a wonderful 2019 Otter Creek Inspiration is your business. I'm going to post this uh, and we will let you know when the podcast will launch. And so have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And thank you so much for being a guest on Everyday Leaders. Thank you. I appreciate it.